Hello and welcome to Reliance's podcast. We hope that the message encourages your heart today. If you'd like to join us in person, we meet weekly on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. And if you want to find out more about Reliance, come check us out online. Amen. I just want to say no man was hurt in the making of that film, except for the last one, Britain. That was awesome. First year he's ever been skiing, and he's going off jumps, and we're like, do a 360, and he's trying it, and obviously failed miserably. It was wonderful for us, absolutely wonderful. Uh, man, we had such a, a good time. I, I, I got to tell you just some stories of that. Um, first and foremost, when we were up there, man, we encountered the Lord like, every year I say the same thing, Lord, I don't know how you're going to top this. I don't know how you're going to top this. I don't know how you're going to top this. And I'm talking about the skiing is a sideshow, what you saw in that room just a glimpse, and I'm like, Lord, I, and I think it was Monday night, Sunday night, we had this time where we were just crying out for the Holy Spirit, and 66 men got on their faces on the ground and just began just to literally cry out for the Lord, and guys were going around and praying over one another, and there was a move of God like I don't know that I've ever been a part of before. It was just this beautiful thing, and I'm telling you, 66 men have come back completely changed by the power of Christ. And I'm telling you something, while we're up there, I'm getting text messages from people on Sunday morning. While God is moving up there, they're like, hey, while you guys were all gone, the most anointed service just happened at Reliance. I was like, not sure how to take that in that moment. But literally, they were like, man, God moved in a powerful way. We're gone up there. Holy Spirit's moving there. He was moving here. Amen. And at the same time, I'm talking with Tony, our children's pastor, and he goes, I don't know what's happening right now, but he said, the, the Lord is moving in the kids' ministry. They begin to worship. You guys are in here encountering the Lord. We're in Colorado encountering the Lord. And over here in the kids' ministry, I think it was Liz Massey, there were students that began to start crying in there, and she goes up to one boy, and she says, are you okay? Do you miss your mommy? Is there something wrong? And he says, no, I feel the love of Jesus in here. And the crazy part about this is that something stirred in the hearts of the kids. They worshiped 9.30 and 11 almost the entire time. 20 kids gave their life to Christ last Sunday. I'm sharing all of that because this is the message. This is it. What you saw in baptism, what you're seeing in kids' ministry, what you're seeing with 66 men that are completely different. What God is doing is he's creating a hunger right now in the hearts of men and women. He's saying, I'm enough. You don't need to chase the other stuff. I'm enough. This is what he's saying. So we're up there. Just one more testimony on that. Every year that we go, we've done this for two years now, last year and this year, we, we all wear these, these yellow vests up there. You, you saw it. We look like the plague, right? We were everywhere. I mean, literally. I mean, we were everywhere up there with these. And on the back, it says, Jesus changes everything. Ask me how. So this started last year. And uh, last year when we started this on the first day, maybe like eight, ten guys wore a vest out of the 58 last year that went because everybody's like, oh, I don't think I'm going to do that. That's a little weird, a little lame, whatever, right? And everybody started coming back and sharing what was happening when they wore these vests. So we nicknamed, we don't call them testimonies, we call them vestimonies. We call them vestimonies because we wear them and they're a vest and we've got a vestimony that comes with it. I kind of like it. I'm going to wear it. Um, 
And so, and so then the second day last year, everybody wore it. God moved. We were able, in three days, we ministered over 40 different countries because everybody was coming. We, I mean, it was crazy. So this year, we got them back out again. Now everybody wants one. We had 66 guys in them, right? We took over Winter Park. We were in line, and we heard line operators, guys that worked at Winter Park, they were talking to one like, you ask him, no, you ask him, ask him how Jesus changed everything, no, you ask him how Jesus changed everything. Like, they were all stirred, but everybody was coming back with some encounter that they were having from one of these. And, and I'm telling you, whether it was a good encounter or a bad encounter, some people were told, like, I'll believe in God. One guy told me, what'd he say? Oh, yeah, Satan reigns. Um, but, like, it's like, whatever, right? Like, Believe what you want, you know, and then he took off down the hill and I pounced, you know, I didn't, just joking, I didn't do that. <laughs> I knocked him down, it wasn't that big of a, I'm kidding, I didn't do that either. And then I said, Jesus loves you, and brought him up. Um, I'm joking. Um, but like, whether it was a good reaction or negative, it didn't matter, because what it showed guys is, even in rejection, it doesn't hurt that bad. <laughs> I can share the love of Christ, even when somebody rejects me, I'm okay, I'm okay, and that's the biggest reason that we don't share Jesus, because we're fearful of rejection. And so it's training these guys up, but I gotta share one quick, there was tons of amazing testimonies. Just one that I was close to that happened up there. We were riding on a lift, I was on this side, it was a six man lift, I was on this side, Jake Stemma was on the other side, and there was a guy, a snowboarder right next to him. And Jake begins to, you know, the guy was questioning like, hey, what's, what's up with your guys' vest? Oh, we're a church group. And he's like, so, so what's this, Jesus changes everything? And uh, he goes, you know, I'm an atheist. This, this young man says, I'm an atheist. And Jake's like, okay, man. And he goes, I, he said, I was raised in the church. I know. All, and Jake's like, he knew all the church language. He says, but here's the problem. He said, the church hurt me. And because of that, he associated with church hurt with God hurt. And then because the church hurt him, that meant God hurt him. He didn't want anything to do with the Lord. We've got some things. we got groundwork to make up, church. Amen. Because this was a story we heard over and over. I don't believe because the church hurt me. I don't believe because the church is a whack job. Right? We heard this all the time. And so there's this guy, and he's riding up, and he says, the church hurt me. I don't believe in Jesus. I'm an atheist. So Jake says, let me tell you my story. Begins to tell him his testimony, getting saved at 16, and tell him all these things. And after he tells this guy who's listening, and he's, he's intently listening, and again, he knew all the answers. Jake says at the very end, he goes, do you mind if I pray over you? And this guy sarcastically goes, oh, now Christians have to ask to pray over somebody? And Jake said, no, I didn't have to ask, but you've been hurt by the church. I wanted to honor you. And this young man says, yeah, man, you can pray over me. So Jake prays over him. And then as we're just getting off the lift, all of our group is supposed to go to the left. And we go to the left, but I see Jake go off with this guy, the snowboarder, to the right. And I don't know what was discussed in that moment, but this snowboarder, who's a confessed atheist, the church hurt him, wrapped his arms around Jake and gave him a hug. This, this is what we do. Like, like, this is why we're stirred right now. It's not difficult. When Jesus gets a hold of your heart, it's not difficult to share him with the world. Amen? It's just not. And so if we can do that with complete strangers wearing funky-looking vests on a mountain in Colorado, and we know nobody up there, and we have no relationship, why in the world would we not come back home to people we love, care for, and do life with and not want to share the hope that we have with them? Why in the world would I not want my neighbor who may be in a broken situation to not know Jesus or a coworker or whatever it is, a family member? This is why we do what we do. I'm telling you, God was stirring the hearts of men. I believe that Wichita is about to get turned upside down. And I'm not just talking about with the men in Colorado. At the same time we were up there, there was another men's group. Listen to this. This is a God deal. Okay, our name is Reliance. Their name was Alliance. 
The first question that we asked to the men on night one is, how does God see you? The first question they asked to their men was, how does God see you? It was building identity. They're going back now to their their places in their homes to share the love of Jesus. They snapped a picture of our vest, by the way. They said they're doing it next year. They're getting some. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is taking over the planet. How many of you guys know that? It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, so I got to tell you some, some things in five minutes. I got to tell you some things. I don't even know. I can tell you some things here. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. Galatians 6. Go to Galatians 6 real quick. I just want to give one word. I want to tell you something um, that's near on Christy and I's heart. Um, tell you something about Christy and I in just a second. But I want to give you one word. One of the things that we were up there doing was we were talking about um, a lot of things that Paul tells us in Galatians. And one of the biggest principles that we learn in life is that every single person in here, you're a farmer. You may not have known that, but you're a farmer. Every single day of your life, you're planting seeds. Every day of your life. You may not know it, you may not realize it, but every day of your life, through your actions, your thoughts, your interactions, what you do in life is you're planting a seed every single day in your choices, in what comes out of your mouth, in the way you respond to people, in the way you interact with people. Every person is planting a seed. We're all farmers in this house. And the Lord has something to say about us being farmers. In Galatians chapter 6, Paul is writing about this flesh and spirit battle within us. He's going to talk about it in Galatians 5. He's going to seal it up in Galatians 6. And he says this, do not be deceived. How many of you guys know deception is one of the biggest things that we have to contend with in our life right now? Talks about all in scripture. We do a lot of work in this house on deception. The enemy's a liar. He wants to lie to you. He wants to deceive you. He wants to derail you. He wants to get you off wherever it is that God has you at. So deception is a big deal. And he says, do not be deceived, meaning it can come at any moment. And then he's going to say these words, God cannot be mocked. You will never trick the Lord. You guys know that, right? You will never be like, I'm really after you, God, but I'm really not, and you'll never know it. He knows. (laughs) He knew it before you thought it. He knew it before you were born, (laughs) because he knows your days before you were even born. So you, you and I will never mock the Lord. We will never say, I'm after you, God, with my whole heart, when we really have a divided heart. He knows. And so he says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. And he's going to give us a principle in life. This is a principle for all of us. It's same thing with the principle of gravity. You'll never not have this principle. A man reaps what he Whatever the seed is that you're putting into the ground is what will spring up from that. There is genetic DNA in every seed. If I plant an apple seed, okay, I'm not going to deceive anybody because when it comes up out of the ground, if, it, if it's a, an oak, uh, oak tree, I didn't really plant an apple seed. I could tell you all day long that I plant an apple seed. I plant an apple seed for good fruit. But if an oak branch comes up or an oak tree comes up, I lied to you. Okay, and you're going to know it. And so God's saying, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And then he's going to tell us, we've got two places that we sow to in our life. And this has been big to me. He says, whoever sows to please their flesh, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap what? Destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap what? Eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time. I love the translation. It says, in due season. 
We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. See, here's the problem with the sowing and reaping. We plant seeds every day, all day long. And here's the thing, sometimes we're in a season, we're pressing into God, and I'm studying the word, and I'm going after it, and I'm weeping tears, and I'm praying, and I'm going after God. But if I don't see something in that time, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to give that up. I'm going to chase after my own things, things that bring me pleasure. But here's the thing, he says, if we don't give up, there's a harvest that's coming. I believe that's what we're seeing right now. I believe a long time ago, people started sowing in tears. And when they sowed in tears and they begin to pursue the Lord, we're about to see a harvest spring up. I know Josh talked about the harvest last week, didn't he? We're seeing men and women come to know Christ. I'm telling you, it's happening. I'm, don't listen to the noise out there that says the church is on decline. I believe sometimes denominationally churches are on decline, but the church of Jesus is on the rise. I'm telling you, he's on the rise. I get to meet with pastors all over the city. There is a hunger in the hearts of men and women right now for Jesus. He says these words, you're going to sow to the flesh, and if you do, it's going to reap destruction, or you're going to sow to the spirit, and if you do, it's going to reap eternal life. Let me just tell you something that Paul tells us about the flesh in Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 3. He says this, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. There was a time that the only word that could describe us was dead. Before you and I ever knew Jesus, there was one word that described us, dead. Everybody say dead. I was dead because of my sins and my transgressions. And then he says this in verse 2, in which you, somebody say, used to live. Oh, there's been a change. There's been a change. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That's just a fancy word for the devil. There was a time where I was following the world and I was listening to the devil. I was planting seeds for my flesh, and it was causing destruction. Whether I knew it or I didn't know it, I wasn't finding satisfaction in Christ. Now, something happened. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So that's the descriptor of who Satan was. All of us lived among them at one time. Every person in here at one time was found in this place, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and its thoughts. So there was a time where this was a marker of our life. But somebody say, praise Jesus. He found us. Jesus found us. And in, in Romans chapter 8 and Galatians chapter 5, it says he marked us with his spirit. And I wish we had time to do a lot of work on that. But he marked us with his spirit. This is the tension right now that we have in our lives, church. There, there is a sowing happening in your life right now. You're either sowing to the flesh or you're sowing to the spirit. Paul says this in 2 Timothy 3. We did a little work on this a couple of weeks ago. This is what he says in the end times. He says, there will be terrible times in the last days. But you know what he doesn't say after that? Armageddon's coming, nuclear fallout's coming, you know, rivers are going to dry up, like all the stuff you read in Revelation, right? Paul doesn't say, this is what the terrible days are going to be like. Let me say what Paul says. These are the terrible times that Paul talks about. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of pleasure. Lovers of disobedience. Lovers of ungratefulness. Lovers of being without control. Lovers of brutality. Lovers of conceitedness. This is how Paul marks... <coughs> Paul marks the last days that will be terrible. We will have love affairs with the wrong things. And what he's trying to say is simply this. We will sow into things 
<coughs> that don't really matter. We will sow into the flesh and it will not bring life. But he says these words, but those who sow to the Spirit reap what? Eternal life. That's not just something to come. That eternal life is here and now. Jesus says to the two women at the tomb of Lazarus, his sisters, I am the resurrection and the life right now. With the Holy Spirit, he says, this is what we get to sow into and reap. We reap love and joy and peace and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness. This is what we're sowing into. We're either sowing into the flesh or we're sowing into the spirit. Why am I sharing all this? Over the last 22 years of ministry, my wife and I, Christy, we've been in ministry for 22 years. And we have, man, we have wanted to be faithful in every step of the way. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, it's been a, man, there's been days where it's been an absolute, is that, did you drink out of that coal? Yeah. You did? Uh, I don't usually do germs, but okay. Thank you. We're brothers, right? Uh, we've been running for 22 years in this, 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 this ministry deal. And, and sometimes what happens is that ministry becomes your identity rather than Jesus. And so, man, over the last few years, I've just really, I'm like, Lord, I, we just want purity in this house. Like, we want to run after you and not after our own things. And so, the Lord was showing me some things with sowing into the flesh versus sowing into the spirit. And, and I feel like for me and Christy, he's like, consider your ways and take note of what you're sowing into. And so in Galatians 3.3, 3, Paul has words with the Galatian believers and he says, are you so foolish after beginning by the means of the spirit? In other words, after getting this through the power of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Are you trying to do it in your own human effort? And the Lord was just kind of convicting my heart in that moment of going, Lord, what are you calling us to? And so this past summer, we were just in a real ah, topsy-turny kind of time in ministry and family and just what we, just, just a lot of time being poured out. And our elders team came and they just said, man, have you guys ever thought about like taking a little bit of time off, like a sabbatical? And I was like, no because I have a little bit of control freakness in me. Amen? Amen? Just a little bit. And I was just, just, I was just wholeheartedly rejected it because I just, yeah, I had my own things going on. They came back in December and they just said, man, we really wanna gift you guys a, a time just to recenter where you're at, just, just get your heart in the right place. Well, the Lord had been doing some work on me in this, where he's going, don't you wanna know if you're sowing into the flesh or if you're sowing into the spirit? Because there's been this theme in my heart over the last few years. I've read this book that messed me up, and it says, everything starts pure, but very few things end pure. And I have this dream over reliance that we started, I believe, in purity and will end in purity. Amen? In other words, it will be about Jesus at the beginning, and it'll be about Jesus when the eastern sky cracks open. Amen? And I just have this belief in me. And so there's some days ahead that I know are coming and they're gonna be beautiful and they're gonna be full of trials and tribulation and whatever. Like it's gonna be awesome and hard and like all of it's coming and the Lord's going, now is the time to recenter your heart. And so the elders team came and they said, would you guys consider that? 
And I was like, I've got to see it in scripture. I'm a, like, if the Bible doesn't say it, I'm out. So I opened up, and of course, the first thing I come to is Jesus taking 40 days in the wilderness. And literally, the Lord starts working on my heart. Jesus, the Son of God, can slip away for 40 days to be with his Father, and you can't give up some control, Aaron. And so the Lord showed me something. Jesus got away for 40 days so that he could listen to the voice of his Father amongst all the other noise. He could rebuke the enemy with the Word of God. He could stay pure to the mission that God put him on and not get sidetracked by all the things and the invitations that were out there. He kept his radical vision, and the Lord said, for my heart and Christy's heart, that we can take these 40 days and we can press in to hear the voice of the Father for this group of men and women that we call family. You guys are family to us. And so starting on February the 20th, and we'll come back on, on Palm Sunday, we're going to take 40 days, and we're going to seek after the voice of the Lord. We're going to go to a couple different prayer rooms, and we're going to do some things where we're just pressing into the heart of God. And when we come back, the Lord showed me something. Jesus comes out of the wilderness, and he's roaring in his ministry, like unstoppable, right? And here's what he says. I only do what I see my Father doing. I only say what I see my Father saying. And the Lord said, could you imagine a ministry, Aaron, where you say, I only do what I see my father doing and I only say what I see, hear my father saying. This is the heart that we, wanna, that we wanna lead with. This is the heart that we wanna shepherd with. You guys are amazing. 22 years of ministry has been amazing. I can't wait until I'm 90 and still running with you guys. Not skiing with you guys, but running with you guys. I believe God has some big things in store, but I know for Christy and I, we just really feel like the Lord has given us a time. Man, just to um, lose our identity in everything else but Him. Because it, it becomes really easy to make ministry something that, that, that we own or I own versus what the Lord owns. And so I just ask you guys, man, just be praying for us. Again, we'll be here next Sunday and then, and then we'll have 40 days. But I just, I believe so strongly in that word of Jeremiah 3.15. Israel's going through a really bad time. And the Lord says, I'm going to raise, I'm, as you press into me, I'm going to raise leaders up. And he says this specifically, I'm going to give you shepherds after my own heart. Not after the heart of the world, not after the heart of the people. I'm going to give you shepherds after my own heart. And I'm just being straight with you, like this is my desire. And just... It's my desire to commit to my wife that she's more important than this place. And to my four babies, 17 all the way down, like it, be, it becomes easy to give yourself to ministry. It's just it. And so, we're gonna recenter our hearts with Jesus. We're gonna recenter our hearts with our family. And we're gonna come back roaring, amen? And when we come back roaring, we're gonna say those words. We're gonna do what our Father says to do, and we're gonna say what our Father says to do. Everything else is a sideshow. Everything else is a sideshow. And so I'm challenging you in these 40 days. What are you sowing into? Are you sowing into the flesh? Or are you sowing into the spirit? Every single day you're sowing something. What is it that you desire more than anything else? Do you desire the Lord to get His glory or are you chasing after a little bit of your glory? Today's a day of decision. 
You are a farmer. Where are you going to sow those seeds? Will you stand with us today? I want to pray over us. Father, thank you for your word that declares that in this house we are sowing into something. And I pray, Jesus, that we sow into the Spirit because in the Spirit we reap eternal life. God, if there are some things in our flesh that we've been putting seeds into, could be anger, unforgiveness, could be some marriage issues. God, if we're sowing into the flesh our own pleasure, Father, we pray that today we can lay that down and we can sow seeds into the Spirit. God, as we sing this song about climbing this mountain, I pray that today we let go of the seeds of the flesh and we start sowing into the seeds of the Spirit. Thank you, God, that you're recentering our life, that when we, Jesus, come together as a family, that we are wholeheartedly devoted to you. This is our desire. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's word. We hope that it continues to encourage you and bless you as you go about your day-to-day. And until then, we will see you next Sunday. Have a great week.